joy Exaltation, the word exaltation, there's two kinds of words, exaltation, which is the word A, to exalt, you know, to praise, and then exaltation with a U, which means rejoice, so it's praising, but there's also rejoicing, being glad, so exalting the Lord, or I can exalt, meaning I rejoice in the Lord, so I'm not just talking about praise, but there's also this emotional component of joy in the praise, that I'm actually rejoicing in some of this. So we, a lot of this is really, um, I believe that the unclean lips, unclean lips has to do with our joy or lack of joy. So unclean lips um, affect our joy. So, so that's why you know, we're, we're bringing this to this so let's continue, you know, to really, um, and the idea is to increase our joy, increase our joy in the Lord Jesus Christ. So the Lord Jesus is joyful. And I, and, I, and I sense, ever since I had cancer, something, obviously the Lord increased my joy. And I began to see more and more that many people are not walking how they ought to walk. They're just out of joy. And I've had some conversations with some of the people, and many have told me that they're struggling. Joy is just something that, that, you know, people reference. Joy is not easy. Joy, you can't make it up. You can't fake it. You know, joy has to, there has to, there, there's, there's joy. And, and if you get the Bible reference, the idea of having joy, joy is such an important, um, not optional for the believer. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say to you, rejoice. And so I'm asking your joy, you know, that God would increase our joy. And he has to do it. He can't do it. You know, you know, a believer that has no joy will not last. You know, um, joy is important. Um, because the joy of the Lord is the joy is important. Um, that, that, that we have joy. That our Christian walk is marked by joy. Now, does that mean that every single moment of your life you're in joy? No, it doesn't mean that. But it does mean that by the power of the Spirit, there is this current of joy that sustains me even in the, in the moments of pain. So that even in the midst of my cancer, even in the midst of chemotherapy, I can still rejoice. I can still. And so just the joy of the Lord will really, and so I'm asking the joy of God in our hearts that we would have we would really enter into a joy that, that really, I think that more days that I live like a believer. And it really begins to shine the light of the glory of Jesus Christ through our lives. Um, and you, you read that in the book of Acts, the church was filled with joy. Marked, they, they had a particular mark, they were filled with joy. Joy in, in the Holy Spirit. So just, and we're going to talk a lot about the Holy Spirit in the next few weeks too. So just, just really, um, just really encourage because we're going into a world that is very dark, and everybody is taking their position in depression and sadness. And either we're going to just get sucked into that world of sadness and hopelessness, or we're going to be overcomers and walk in joy and be a light in the midst of our 
in our workplaces, be a light, you know, that, we're, that there's a joy that our, that our countenance shows there's something different. And this is the time when the world gets dark, that's when the church is called to rise up and be a light, right? right? And, 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 and Isaiah prophesied, I believe Isaiah 60, he said that um, rise and shine for the glory of the Lord shall be risen upon you, but gross darkness shall cover the earth. So you have this contrast between this darkness that is coming on the earth because we can't feel it. It's, it's here. The darkness is coming fast and furious, like the movie, right? <laughs> fast and furious, right? But at the same time, I don't think God is going to just allow the world to be overwhelmed with darkness and no light. No, he says that the glory of the Lord shall be risen upon you, right? So in the midst of that darkness, God expects God is going to do a work among his people and bring forth a light in the midst of that great darkness. So let's continue. And like I said, I'm not going to be long here. I'm just going to give one illustration, and then we're going to call this a day. But let's read Isaiah 6, verses 1 through 5. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne. I always love that. You know, King Uzziah was a good king. He was a godly king. He was a good friend of Isaiah's, and he died. And you would think that Isaiah would be very depressed. But it actually was the occasion, the death of Uzziah, was the occasion that allowed Isaiah to see the Lord. And isn't that so true in our lives? Sometimes when when, um, things happen, things die. Things go away that we've depended upon, that we have that expectation. They, they, they've, they've allowed us to operate with a certain sense of order, and suddenly that thing is taken away. Suddenly that thing, you know, um, you know, what, it could be your health. It could be your finances. It could be something relational in your, in your family is taken away. And all of us, you, you, you're going to have to learn, I'm telling you, we all have to be positioned. We're going to all experience loss. Loss, not spiritual loss, none whatsoever. But my earthly loss, well, what loss? You're going to have loss just like we see in Ukraine. There's loss. You've you got to get used to it. You're going you're gonna to have losses. And, 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 but in those moments of losses, I want to encourage you that God wants us to see the Lord. And it's unfortunately, sometimes without those losses, we don't see the Lord. Unless King Uzziah would have died, if he would have not died, Isaiah would probably have never seen the Lord. Why? Because he's depending on the big man. The king is in, in his place, and the kingdom is in order. There's no, you know, there's no, um, there's no, you know, everything's, everything's taken care of, right? But when King Uzziah died, now there's a little bit of a crisis. And that caused Isaiah to lift up his eyes, and he saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high, lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his feet. And with two he covered his feet covered his face. And with two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. One called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. And the whole earth is full of his glory. The foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with 
I said, woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people full of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Father, thank you for these few minutes that we could spend with you. Thank you for spending a few minutes in your word. May you multiply this time in the hearts of your people. May you strengthen us, Lord, as we give us a fresh vision, Lord, of giving us your word. That's why we are coming to Sunday school. We, we thank you for our joy in your word. Also, thank you for the Father who gives us blessings in your word. Amen. So we've been looking at this, um, what triggers this, let me let me be here, what triggers Isaiah's conviction. Isaiah's conviction that he, his lips were unclean was triggered by the fact of this praise of the Pharisees. The Pharisees were praising God. But they also noticed the way they were praising God. They also noticed that they called one to another. Did you guys hear that? That they called one to another. This magnificent um, um, melody of, of praise between these seraphims. And, and, and they, something that we just need to realize that as, we, as God manifests his presence, in, in our midst, God manifests his presence, there it will be this wonderful effect. Every time it happens, when God manifests himself and the Holy Spirit comes, there is this effect. And this effect is that there is this um, uh, bring into harmony all of creation. All Everything is brought in line beautifully. And out of that alignment, out of that alignment arises this compelling praise, this compelling just wonderful all of creation just in harmony just magnifying, declaring the glories of Jesus Christ. Basically, creation the way it's supposed to be, right? Create, you know, we, we basically do our own thing, right? <laughs> we just do whatever we want. But, you know, but the, but the heavenly culture, when Jesus Christ is glorified, when, when Christ is magnified, and all of creation is brought into this unity, there's going to be this wonderful, um, this wonderful symphony of praise and adoration to God in the midst of life, in the midst of everything. So it's a conversational, relational thing where Christ is exalted and, and they just de declare the glories of God together. So we feel, so one of the signs that we're truly, we're truly beholding Christ, one of, the, one of the signs that we're truly being beholding Jesus Christ is that there is becomes in us a, this compelling desire to declare the glories of God with someone else. Amen? That, that, that's just... Something you cannot re resist. You, when Christ is magnifying himself in your life, when you cannot help but speak, right? There's just something you can't contain it. There's something about when God magnifies his grace upon your life, when you see something beautiful, when you're, you're seeing the king in, on his throne, you cannot remain quiet. There's just something that, that, that compels us, right? I mean, Jeremiah said that he... What did Jeremiah decide one day? I'm not going to speak a word, right? I'm not going to speak a word. I'm done with this. No, this is, not, this is too much, Lord. But then he said, it's, it's, your, it's your word, but was like fire in my bones, and I cannot help but speak. So, so speech, speech becomes this compelling thing that takes place in the, in the presence of God, right? So, so it's something that I want us to really, really begin to lay hold of, and may God grant us wisdom in these things, right? Um, the thing that keeps us confined is the, na the natural order. You know, it, it, unfortunately, you know, um, when, we, um, when we are not beholding Christ, we are limited. We're, we're the opposite. We actually, 
don't want to think of me like that. We don't, we don't want to. There, there's something, Romans 8.20, for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. So the creation was subject to set free from its bondage. So there's a bondage that, that, that only the glory of Jesus Christ sets us free from that bondage. And I'm telling you, that bondage is real. It really is real. I mean, I, 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 you know, when Jesus Christ gets to manifest himself, you feel freedom. You want to speak freely. You're not reserved. You're not, your, your mind is not as much in control. Oh, I got, I'm so subconscious, right? You, you, you have a freedom to speak the truth of God boldly. Um, 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? There is freedom. Now, you know, we, we could go six weeks on that, right? What is freedom? Oh, man, it's so controversial, right? I mean, what senses means freedom, right? I'm not, I, obviously, you, man, you could go out, you, man, you study that. What kind of freedom? But clearly there's a freedom of speech. <laughs> clearly there's a freedom to, to do the things that pleases God. There's a freedom that comes when the Spirit of the Lord is. So, so the, the serpents modeled this, this, this thing in, in Isaiah 6. In Isaiah 6, the, the serpents modeled this wonderful conversation as they called to one another. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And, and they declared it one to another, right? I mean, it's just this, this magnificent symphony. That's what we're trying to model. That's where we want to go. That, that's what God is saying. I want, my, I want my people to be like that. That we would come into this wonderful magnificence of the glory of Jesus Christ and we can come into that. Um, and, and Paul encourages us to do that. Look at Ephesians 5.17, Ephesians 5.17. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. And we're going to come back to that. In verse 19, addressing one another, addressing one another, this idea of really addressing one another, speaking, I think some translations would you like to teach that in, in English? Speaking to one another. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, speaking to one another. There's this glorious freedom um, to do that. Um, and so, so that's the aim of all through preaching, all through worship, congregational worship, is, is um, conversational exaltation. That we could celebrate the greatness of God to one another, not just you and the Lord, not just you and God. I'm just forget about everybody else. It's just that's not what the angels did. That's not what the seraphim did. The seraphim. They called one to another and spoke the glories of God to each other. Right? That, that's quite, quite marvelous. And I, can, I, I understand why, why Isaiah felt unchained. He was like, man, this is, I don't know, this is stuff. It's all good. But what he, met, what he saw that day was glorious. It was beautiful. Do you guys see the beauty of that? Can you say amen? It's beautiful. This beautiful harmony that brings complete this, what they're experiencing in the glory of Jesus Christ, that they're actually uh, encouraging one another in that praise. And so that's why I'm hoping that the Lord would do that in our midst. So today I'm going to continue to, I'm just going to do an illustration today, and then we're going to call it good. Just give you a little illustration. The next week we're going to look at some hindrances, hindrances in the life of conversational exaltation. The Lord really changed my direction yesterday, um, and we'll pick it up next week. Not intending to do this, but clearly the Lord wants me to go in this this direction. And we're going to talk about hindrances, but not today. Today I want to talk about just things that 
um, that hinder us from a life of confrontation and confrontation that really hinders our joy. But today I'm just going to look at, I think, let's go to Revelation chapter 5. And I just want to go through this and just kind of give you a little, whet your appetite. I don't even want to whet your appetite for the Lord, you know. Um, and just, to, again, to take a sneak peek into heaven, heaven's culture. Um, so much so much here on earth, you know, so much description, so much. Um, it, it's a sad state of affairs, unfortunately. You know, we, we, come, we come to church and it's, it, it seems to be so far removed from this heavenly thing. Um, and it is what it is. You know, it's a time of judgment, time of purifying. So, you know, God is doing something in the church, but, but unfortunately, you know, but it's good to look, it's good to see where we're going. It's good to see where God's going to bring us by his grace. Amen. It's good to see that God is going to accomplish his purposes despite us. Amen. That despite us, God is going to bring his people together and that one day he is going to present before the father with exceeding joy, a beautiful bride that is going to be magnificent in, in her radiance. Right. So whatever we might think of the church right now, that's OK. And there's a lot to be desired. There's so much oftentimes, you know, hypocrisy. There's not a lot of desire. There's not a lot of appetite. There's not a lot of ambition. There's not any. Uh, oftentimes it's just people come in, people come out, and it just, it just, it just kind of doesn't, doesn't look that great. But, but sometimes we're reminded that we're going to, we're going to a different place. God is bringing into a, into, in, in, into a place where truly there's going to be a magnificent unfolding of the glory of God, and the people will, will respond tremendously. And so Revelation chapter 5, 11 through 14, is really a wonderful illustration of this conversational exaltation that takes place in heaven. You know, the idea that this is not just, this is not just a seraphim. This is the way of life in heaven. This is the way things are, are in heaven. This is the culture of heaven. This is not my culture. This is not Dominican culture. This is not Puerto Rican culture. This is heavenly culture, right? This is how things are done in heaven. Amen. This is the way, and I, I, I want to let go of my dominion culture, and I want, I want this heavenly culture. Amen? Right? I, I want this. This is better. A thousand times better. And so, verse 11, then I looked. John says, then I looked, and I heard. I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders. What did he hear? Voice. They're exalting him, right? They're exalted voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads of thousands of thousands. So you get this glorious I looked and I heard around the throne the living creatures and the elders. I heard this voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads of They are, verse 12, saying with a loud voice, seraphim, elders, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. So you have here the first, first kind of just, just this wonderful expression that they're like, you know, sometimes we could, we could, we could break these these um these kind of like chapters kind of view <laughs> like heaven but they're just glorifying god they're just marveling at the lamb of god if you remember this passage this is the passage where john is weeping you know uh who's worthy to open the scroll and 
and then the, and, the, and the angel said, don't weep no more for the, him from the, the tribe of, from the tribe of Judah. He is worthy, right? So Christ comes out, and there is immediately what they always say, what they say, whenever Christ is magnified, whenever Christ is exalted, whenever there's a revelation of Christ, what happens? Conversational exaltation. There's a, there, there, there is something. It's not just like, oh, that, that's, oh, very good that we have a, um, someone who's worthy. No, they burst out. <laughs> they burst out. When, when, when the revelation of Jesus Christ comes, and, and, and John, John is comforted because no one was found worthy. Nobody opened the scroll. Nobody was able, right? So this is, this is, this is crazy for John. How can, this is done. We're done. We're doomed. But out of that agony, out of that agony, he said, wait. There's one who's, who's overcome, and he's worthy. Amen? And so suddenly, out of the scene, burst this revelation of Jesus Christ, and immediately, right, and immediately he hears, he hears, John hears, the voice of many angels burst out in praise, saying, right, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and mind and might and honor and glory and blessing. So you have the first, you have the first, you have the first just release of exaltation and praise that this that the Christ is worthy. But then that followed, that's followed by another group in verse 13. So you can see, you can see all of this magnificent movement. And, and then I heard, right, and I heard every creature in heaven. So it first started with the angels. Now, now after the angels declare the glory of God, that compels another group of people to magnify Christ. Do you see that? Do you see that how, th that's why it's important that we praise God. If you wait, if you wait for somebody, right? No, you be the, the catalyst. You begin to praise God because your praise of God will encourage another group to praise God. That's just the way it is, right? Something, when we reserve ourselves, then, and, and, and if everybody reserves themselves, then everybody's just going to, but the moment one person praises God, there's something, I believe, that, that, that reciprocates in the hearts of others, and they want to praise God. So first you got the voice of many angels, and this is thunderous voice giving glory to God. Now every creature in heaven, they want a piece of that. And so they respond. And, and I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them, there is now all of creation now has joined now with the angels. And now they're saying, are they saying the same thing? No, they're not saying the same thing. They're saying something unique, something that they feel like saying. <laughs> to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Isn't that beautiful? You have this wonderful, first it begins with the, with the angels, and the angels, they declare and they really speak about the worthiness, right? Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb, right? That's a valid, that's a valid proposition. Worthy is the Lamb. And, and in that thunderous praise of the angels, right, then this other group of people, then they feel like, okay, you know what? Yes, I want to get into that praise, and I have something to say. Amen? To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Well, it didn't stop there. <laughs> Somebody else wants to get a piece of the pie. 
You know, it's wonderful. There's this, there's this symphony. There's this movement of praise and worship. That you, you know, it's beautiful when, when all the people are together and, and one group starts, the other group responds, and then another group comes in. Right? It's wonderful. And I don't think this was just a moment. I believe this was continuous. Angels, creatures, right? And the third one, verse 14. And now, guess what? The four living creatures come in. And they, they can't help but say, say something. And what do they say? Amen. Right? Amen. Four living creatures, like, you, know, you know, amen. Amen. Sometimes, you know, does anyone know what amen means? So be it. So be it. Amen. Amen is a beautiful. I love saying amen. It's just, it's just something about, yes, do it, Lord. Let it be. You know, sometimes you can't add anything more. <laughs> They've already said it. Worthy is the Lamb. To him be glory, Father. It's nothing more. Than that. And uh, you know what? I love that God has accommodated one word. <laughs> just say amen. <laughs> and he just said, I honor you said amen. Like, like, like when Liz said all that stuff. Basically, she said amen. <laughs> Right? I mean, it's just, I love saying amen because sometimes we don't have words. We just don't have words to say. And it's just like, you know what? Let me just, amen. And you know what, amen? You know, do you, do you know in every language, amen is pretty much the same? It's in every language. Amen. You know, you can go Korean, Korean, amen. Amen. And wherever you go, amen. It's like that. It's the same, the same pronunciation. Amen. You know, this, like, this wonderful. All at the glory of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is just revealed as worthy. He's, he's worthy to open the seals. And this is the immediate. This is, don't, don't, don't just say, oh, that's going to be just revelation. No, these are principles. These are things that God is trying to teach us. What does it mean when Jesus Christ is glorified? When Jesus Christ is truly glorified in our midst, this is what happens. It is exaltation. It is, uh, you know, people say, oh, I've known Christ and Jesus Christ, but if you're not, if you're not given to a life of praise and exaltation, then have you really seen Christ? Because the scriptures, whenever they saw Christ, people fell at his feet, people responded, people declared the goodness of God, right? And so we see this beautiful, um, this beautiful illustration in, in that that's not going to change. And that's why we're praying, God, reveal Jesus Christ more and more in our midst. We cannot make this happen. the Holy Spirit can. Amen? The Holy Spirit can open the eyes of our hearts to see Christ. And when he does that, do not hold back. Give him praise. Don't allow, don't allow shame, don't allow uh, self-consciousness. Yeah? When the Holy Spirit comes, right? And we're going to talk about the things that we can do, right? God, God's going to become some kind of capacity and space. There are things that we can do by faith. To really allow our flesh to really go free. I mean, we, we're fighting this war of the flesh, the world, the devil. These things are hindrances to so many ends, right? So, so, so when the Holy Spirit comes, give yourself, give yourself, com- just stay back. Don't, like, don't, don't hold back. Continue to, to exalt him so that and watch God use your praise to encourage somebody else. God will use your praise to encourage the person next to you. And they will be encouraged. Look at um, Psalm 102, and we'll, we'll end with this. You know, praying that our services will be characterized by a more a symphony of conversation that as the Lord reveals himself, 
can't make it up. You can't say, okay, now do this now. Now do this. No, <laughs> that won't work. That may look good, but that's death. No, no, we want to birth life in freedom. And that, and that, that's going to, that's going to, but we're going to talk that these things are, why, why, why oftentimes that doesn't happen. Why are there hindrances to that? There are things that hinder. And we'll talk about those next week. But may we pray that by the Spirit of God, the Lord would continue to increase in us this beautiful revelation of Jesus Christ that will compel our hearts to exalt His name together. Psalm 102, uh, verse 21 and 22, that they may declare in Zion the name of the Lord. And they do so. That's what God wants. In this world of darkness, this world of, of great turmoil, I believe God is calling us. I believe God is calling us to deeper joy. God is calling us to really uh, really lay hold of the promises of God that we have. You know, there was a time when you could just go to church and clock in and clock out. I think those days are over. God is making sure. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that with everything in me. coincidence that people are falling away. I don't think it's a coincidence that people don't want to come back to church. I don't think it's a coincidence. Jesus has promised to come back. Malachi chapter 3, believe it. He will suddenly come to his temple. There comes a time when Jesus starts to purify his church. He begins to purify and he begins to really challenge us. Are you with me or for me? He, there's many times he's like quiet.
says, I'm going to purify the sons of Levi. Malachi chapter 3, I'm going to, I'm going to come into the church and I'm going to put it as the finest pile. I'm going to purify it. And Jesus is doing that ministry of purification. It, it hurts. It, it breaks us down. But he's doing it, he's doing it in his love. When he comes to his temple and he sees that the priesthood is backslidden, he sees that the priesthood is, is worldly, he sees that there's no passion, there's no desire for his glory. And in Malachi, he says, that's what he says in Malachi. He says, um, my name will be great in all the world. The incense shall be offered for me in every place. So get your act together. <laughs> right? So, he, so he, he's come to Malachi, to the prophet Malachi, and he's telling us, he's, he's going to come to his temple, right, on the day, right, he's going to come to his temple, he's going to sit as a refining fire. And I believe God is beginning to refine his people. I don't know about you, I feel the refining fire of Jesus Christ more and more every day of my life, becoming more serious. I can clearly, the cancer and all that has, is a part of me. You say, God, cut everything out of me that is not of you. I want to live for you, Jesus Christ. I don't know how much longer I have left, but I want, I want the rest of my life to be burning for Jesus Christ, not just barely making it, right? I want to die burning bright for Jesus Christ. Amen? So, so I believe all of us have to change these lives. I want to encourage us. I'm going to, I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader. Let, 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 as the world is falling apart, may we be an example of the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ has come. And he's going to do a great work among us. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this chance that you gave us this morning. Lord, we just uh, declare your name. Remind us of the precious life that you have given us. And that you have made us for. I pray, oh God, today, Lord, that you would help us. Serve the Lord in this place. We literally can't love you. We can't find strength in you. We can't find strength in anything but the joy of the Lord is our strength. Many of us, Lord, have have become content living without joy as long as we're in the body. And we've just been content. Joy has become a priority. So we just happy day. This is who I do. Lord, you, you, you want us, Lord, to serve you with God, selflessly. And I'm praying for a greater impact and flow of all of our hearts. All of us can grow in this. None of us, Lord, uh, have arrived. But I pray that that joy would come forth out of a revelation of Jesus Christ. That's the only joy that will last. That's the only joy that will last. A joy that comes from un- knowing Jesus Christ. That our eyes are being opened know the Son of God, especially in these dark days. I pray for those who are maybe hungry. Maybe they're, they're stagnant in their Christian walk. Maybe they don't know. They pray, even as I spoke to someone maybe a few months ago, they told me that all their lives they feel their relationship with God is just one phone call. They talk to God, but God doesn't talk back. And my heart breaks. And yet, maybe speak with many pray that you deepen our relationship with you, that you would deepen our desire to know you more, that we would not take any of this for granted, that we would, Lord, allow the Holy Spirit to just draw us to you more. Oh, God, just keep us, keep us, Lord, right in your timing, right in your timing. Because we need you.
be, Lord, that we could be an, a, a light in this community. That we could be, Lord God, we could share Christ with other hearts. We could be harvest workers. And so I thank you today, Lord. I, I, I believe you're doing good work in all of us. You're purifying us. You're breaking us down. But you're doing it, God, in a way for the glory of your name. You're allowing, allowing us to see our weakness. You're allowing us to see that we're frail. That our health, Lord, can be taken any moment. You're allowing us to see, Jesus, so much that, that this world, we, we put our trust and we choose the things of this world and they're, and they're fragile and they're fleeting. Thank you for that work, Lord. Thank you, God Almighty, that we can, we can begin to now shift our hope completely in Jesus Christ. For many years, we've lived our, with our hopes scattered in different things, different places. We put our hope here, we put our hope there, but now you're gathering all of that hope and you're uniting that hope in Jesus Christ alone. And I'm asking you to do that in my heart. I'm asking you to do that in all of our hearts, that all of our hope will be found in Jesus Christ alone. Nothing in this world, Lord, not vacations, not money, nothing, God, that we would, Lord God, our hope alone would be in Jesus. And so I pray for that for all of us, God, and, and that as we do that, Lord, as we, Lord, put our trust in you, you would open the heavens, God, open the heavens, that we might behold Jesus Christ. And that we would celebrate and rejoice in the glory of Christ. And so I thank you for the work, God. And we can thank you for all that you've done, Jesus. And we just lay down our lives before you today. And of course, to Lord, we just pray that as we go home, may you grant us strength. May you give us wisdom, Lord. Give us that we might be a people given, Lord, to, 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 to hear the voice of the Spirit, to know exactly what to do guard us this week Lord we don't know what this week is going to bring we'll come out in the news and we'll pray and we'll talk about it but God forbid that there be a news story that doesn't come out of this we, we don't know Lord we don't, we don't know what tomorrow will bring and I just pray for protection over every one of us not just for ourselves but all of our families extended families I pray for those who are carrying burdens maybe fear, fear of the future I pray for those today, that you would lift it up, God, as they put their eyes on you. So there's no, there's no freebie here, Lord. You alone are our only salvation. You don't lift up hope apart from Jesus Christ. You don't, you don't deliver apart from Jesus Christ. Lord, we must turn to you. We must come to you, Lord, and we will find everything that we need. And I just pray if there's anyone here fearful of the future, fearful of their lives, fearful of their health, fearful of anything, may you lift it up as they put their eyes on Jesus Christ. So thank you so much, Lord. Thank you for this precious little body you're putting, building together. Grant us wisdom as we, as we march forward in this world. Give us, Lord, a direction as we pray about the kids and church. We want to see kids, Lord, uh, come and really listen and hear of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We pray for the ministry of Good Shepherd uh, at, at the Good News Club, Lord, that you would, you would um, just bless that ministry and that you would bring great contact. I pray you would raise up laborers, God. We've always had many, uh, we've always been um, uh, scarce of laborers, Lord. The laborers are few, God. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Has always been, Lord. I, I know someone that when he looks at it, that's what the, that's what he quotes. That's how he would speak to me sometimes, Lord. It, it, it's just hard to find laborers, God to really do the work of God. And so I pray you would raise them up, that you would do it, that no one would be just moved by just duty, but they would be moved by the life. And so, Lord, I pray that this year we would, we're believing you for good things this year. We, we've just begun. We're praying, Father, that you would help us to, to 
source and really see a testimony of Jesus Christ in this country, in this community. And that you would grant us the, especially younger children in the school of Franklin to do it, God. We believe that, Lord, that it would please you and we could see a school that would rise up that we can shape and mold to, Lord, and uh, change the epitome of this country. We're so thank you for all, for all that you're doing. Bless us as we go home. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your day. God bless. Like I said, we have nothing, we have nothing in store for tonight. Enjoy the rest of your day.